Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, July 29th. It's a rainy day out there. It is a very rainy day here in St. Louis. But it hasn't been for a while, so this is actually kind of a nice a nice thing. And since we're talking about the legitimate weather, that means we are really here in the studio, oh, right, not yeah. traveling somewhere else. Um, like we have been so for the rest of July. For all of July. Let's <laughs> try to figure out where I have been in I the know. last month. Uh, good to be here. We have some great stories to share with you this week. Uh, most recently, um, well, t- coming up today, uh, we get to talk with uh, Pastor Hoffman and a unique story, mm-hmm. a connection he has with a family in their preschool. Um, very unique. I don't think I've heard of this kind a connection with the family before in the, in your preschool. So uh, stick around for that. And music, musical literacy. Is mm-hmm. that a fair way to describe what we're going to talk about with this book? Yes, we're gonna we're gonna dive into the music nerd world pretty yes. heavily. It's gonna One be fun. One of our favorite music educators are, yes. will be educating us on musical literacy. Looking forward to that coming up in just a little bit. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about them at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Joining us by phone this morning, Pastor Matt Hoffman, a pastor at St. Andrew's Lutheran Church and School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Good morning, Pastor Hoffman. Hey, good morning. Thanks for being our guest this morning. I came across a story recently of uh, how you've connected with families in your your church and school, in particular your preschool. Tell us a little bit about the the life and vocation of a pastor serving a congregation and school. How do you invest yourself in ministry to school families? Um, as a pastor of a school, uh, I'm learning that one of the, the biggest ministries we have is a ministry of presence. Um, so just to be in contact with the families as they come in in the morning, uh, to be around and be available, um, I think once families get to see you and get to know you a little bit, they uh, they are able to uh, then open up a little bit. And it's been amazing how many chances we've had to share the gospel, to, to love families when they've been going through difficult times. Um, just because, you know, you've been around and they see you and they know you and, and you know their name. It's amazing what those simple acts can do. Share with us how you learned about, about a unique story uh, right there in, in your setting. Yeah, well, one of our, uh, one of our preschool teachers, uh, again, you know, ministering to the whole family and not just to the student alone, um, was able to uh, find out from one of the moms that she had gotten a really a very difficult cancer diagnosis. And it was a, a really aggressive form of cancer, and the prognosis wasn't very good. And so she was you know, able to let me know that um, uh, this mom uh, needed some prayer. And so I was able to, to start, uh, you know, because I'd known this, this mom a little bit, uh, able to talk with her. Her name is Ellen, so I was able to pray with Ellen and and uh, and and. But it was it was a very difficult uh, thing to hear that you know this this young mom is has has a, a difficult cancer situation. And so I remember um, when I first found out, even before I saw her mom, I went into the classroom and saw her little daughter, and uh, and was just became over overcome uh, just just thinking about the difficulty, the challenges that this family would have to face. And I remember I, I you know played with the kids as I do for a little while, and then uh, I, I excused myself and found a little stretch of hallway between the church and the school where nobody was and was just, just couldn't, I just found myself crying, uh, uh, weeping over the fact that this family is going to be dealing with a very difficult situation and potentially the loss of this, this young mom. 
what came next? You, you, you met the family, you learned of their need, and uh, you, you saw you know, the, the harsh reality set in of the, the pain of sickness in this world. Um, where did it go right. from there? Um, I remember uh, waiting at the end of the day, and, and uh, Ellen came to pick up her daughter, and we had a, a chance to pray together. And uh, Ellen has a great church home she goes to. She's not a member of St. Andrews, but has a, a, a wonderful Christian community around her. And uh, I was very glad of that. But it was, you know, a chance to pray with Ellen, and, and she kind of filled me in that she was going in for a, a PET scan. And it was a few days, I don't know, a few days later, I forget kind of the exact time frame, but she let me know. Um, a few days later that the PET scan came back and it was the best news possible that she had the cancer, but it was isolated to her, her liver. And so I remember praying again with her, um, is it kind of, you know, thanking God that there was a chance that, that, uh, you know, that this would be a treatable cancer. It went from being a very bad prognosis to having some hope. And, uh, actually a, a few days later, I found out on Facebook that, um, from one of her friends, <laughs> posted on her behalf that she was in need of a live liver donor, an O-blood type live liver donor. And uh, I have an O-blood type, so I, I talked to my wife and said, you know, could I, could I call into Northwestern Hospital and put my name on the list to, to be a potential donor? Um, you know, pretty ignorant about the process. Uh, the liver is an amazing organ that God has made, and uh, they can take part of a, a living person's a liver and um, use that to make a donation, and then that liver actually will regenerate. It grows back uh, to nearly full size again and is fully functional again. So um, I, uh, I asked my wife, and she said, I'm not, uh, I'm not real wild about the idea of you having surgery, especially surgery that's you know, not medically necessary for you, but I, but she she struck me next and said, but if we were in trouble and we needed something like this, we would need someone to step up for us. So she said, you have my you have my blessing to go and get tested. That's that's pretty incredible. And and the liver is a very uh, unique organ in the body, but it's still uh, the surgery to to donate uh, that it's still a significant surgery. Um, talk about uh, that that whole conversation and that that time of of uh, learning what that process would be. Right. Yeah. So we, we uh, I, I put my name on the list, and there were other people who really also wanted to donate to Ellen. In fact, um, there were, there were a number of people on the list. It's, it was really heartwarming to see how many people came forward. Um, I found out later that there were two others that came in before me, and there's so many factors that have to match up that most donors, um, you know, don't aren't able to donate. And so those those two, for as good of uh, heart as they had, and, and just the the, the um, courage to go in and, and get tested, were not able to uh, to donate. So I, I got called in to get tested, and it was a day long uh, test. They they probably drew you know thirty little vials of blood and and uh, to match all kinds of different factors, and and uh, had psychological testing to make sure I was in a good spot psychologically to go through this. They social workers met with me to make sure we had family support and uh they were so impressed that you know they knew that my church would support me um and so they they had no reservations about that and then uh you go in for an mri and they look to make sure your your liver has an anatomy that makes it able to give because you can have a perfectly healthy liver but just not have a good anatomy for for donating so i went through all that testing and it turned out that everything matched up and i was 
I was uh, very actually excited that I could help somebody in this way. <laughs> that was kind of weird, but um, yeah. So everything was a good match. Uh, when yeah. was it decided that you would that you would be the donor and that you would go forward with that? You know, um, you know, lo- looking back at it, um, we kind of I was actually you know kind of processing through with my wife after everything was the surgery was over and everything and, and we kind of said you know we, we made that decision the second Anne said you can get tested I think Anne said I felt confident that if, if you were a match you would give and, and that's what I expected and, and that's what she expected so I think the decision to give was, was already made in our minds in our hearts by the time I went in for, for testing So you go in for the testing and then and, and everything comes back uh, clear that you're a good match ready to go and they schedule the surgery just for any day in the year right <laughs> that was uh it was maybe the worst possible timing uh in a way actually it ended up being a beautiful uh event in the timing but um uh the one of the surgeons is a very devout catholic man uh um dr jc J. casado and uh he's kind of a character and, and he called me up and and, uh, and he said uh, Matthew, you're not going to like this. And I started laughing. He said, well, the, the one day we can get everybody lined up is April 17, which happened to be Wednesday of Holy Week. <laughs> and I, I immediately said, you've got to be kidding me. And he said, no. Um, so I, I was actually taken aback by that. And uh, as a pastor, you get really full of yourself. And you really think, man, how would my congregation survive without me for Holy Week? And it turns out they did great <laughs> without me for Holy Week. Uh, but um, we had, so we immediately had to, you know, kind of get a lot of guest preachers lined up, and and that's kind of when we went public about the fact that I was going to be going through this surgery. And I, I tell you, it was amazing how many uh, pastors, retired pastors, how our congregation stepped forward. Uh, my dad is a retired pastor. He lives out in California, and. He, they flew out to be there for the surgery for me, but my dad actually preached the Easter services at my church, which I thought was a really, a really wonderful thing. Wow. So you had a lot of support from your congregation, brother pastors, and, uh, and, and your family. That's outstanding, able to make this donation, which is a great gift to Ellen and her family. And how have things been going for Ellen and her family? Uh, have things continued to, uh, has she continued to do well? She is uh, she is doing remarkably well. Um, uh, one thing I have to say is is our our churches uh, really came together, and the, and the day we went into surgery, um, both churches uh, gathered at St Andrews and and had a prayer vigil while we were while we were uh, getting choked up uh, while we were going uh, uh, into surgery. Um, she had to have a, a major surgery when they got in. They they didn't want to take any chances, so. Um, the cancer was at the end of her bile ducts, and so they they actually uh, uh, did a surgery to kind of reroute um, the bile from the liver, which is called a Whipple, which in itself is a major, major surgery. So they, they ended up having to do that before they could even start with a liver donation surgery. Um, and and she is a, she is one tough tough woman because. That uh, a lot of times we found out later, you know, doctors would see that someone needed both those surgeries in one day and, and out of fear that the patient might not survive would maybe not do the surgery. Um, so, so Ellen's doing uh, remarkably well. She, she was back out of the hospital within five days, which was shocking to the doctors. She uh, 
um, has been back home. And if, if you saw her now, um, she would you would never guess that she just had this major surgery three months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Pastor Matt Hoffman, St. Andrew's Lutheran Church and School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. And uh, God bless you and, and your family and Ellen's family as well as you continue to recover. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure to be on with you. Thank you. Coming up in just a little bit, musical literacy with uh, one of our favorite musical educators, music educators, Miss mm-hmm. Emmy Wilk. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.